What's up, guys? It's Mike coming at you with episode four of the Fly Pod. Very exciting day here. We have Mr. James Merritt in the house, and I'm very excited to go over the Morton Grove schedule so far and the Mellis season so far, but I got to have a special welcome to James. Thanks for coming, James. Hey, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. This should, uh, should be a good time. For sure. We have a lot of good things planned. James and I were just talking about how we were going to go over episode four, and we'll spend a little bit of time talking about both seasons. Best fly start in history. We're 6-0 and in both leagues. Things are going well, playing together, gelling as a group. Uh, let's start in Morton Grove, where we have uh, a 3-0 and record. Uh, we defeated Morningwood uh, by a score of 20 to nothing. Great opening night. Enforcers was probably the toughest opponent in that league so far, beating them 14 to four, and Knucklers uh, beating them 21 to one. James, what have you seen from our Morning Grove team so far? I think now we're finally starting to play with confidence. Uh, everyone's starting to get a feel for each other. I know we've had some people leave, new guys join the team. Uh, just you know, being comfortable with each other, getting confident, and just learning the game and improving week by week. So. Always nice to see that from the young guys, especially. Yeah, for sure. Definitely seeing improvement week by week. Speaking of improving week by week, we for sure want to make sure we're at our best on June 3rd as we play the defending champs, the Gravediggers. It's a game that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Uh, I catch myself when I'm at work, when I have a moment just thinking about that game and how epic it's going to be. And just to give everyone a preview of the history of Gravediggers versus Infield Flies, we played them twice in our history two years ago. Uh, when we weren't as complete of a team, we actually played them pretty tough, uh, and we lost 10-8. to 8. But last year, probably had the best game in Flies history. James, you were on the mound, and we had an epic 13-10 to 10 victory. Nick Reyes had the three-run homer in the top of the seventh, which was pretty great. We took the wind out of their sails, and we proved that we can play with anyone. Uh, James, what do you expect to see from Gravediggers on June 3rd? Well, we know what they're going to bring. You know, their pitcher, James, he, he's kind of the complete player. He's a really good pitcher on the mound. He can throw strikes. He knows when to throw strikes. And then when he's up at the plate, you know, he can hit it all over, especially with guys on. So he's definitely someone we have to watch out for. But going back to that game last year, that was probably the most fun yeah. we've had as a Flies team. I think, you know, we really proved to kind of ourselves most importantly, but to them that, you know, we are here to play. And we had comments from them, you know, oh, these guys aren't that good. But we've always beat them, this, that, and the other. But, you know, going forward, I think they know that we're a team to be reckoned with for sure. Yeah, they learned it that night, and I think from what they've seen from us in the beginning of this year, um, you know, with our run differential and the way we've been playing, and, and they've been, they have an eye on us, and they know that we're definitely a force to be reckoned with. I would love us to come out and just totally blitz them, but, you know, they're a very good team, and, and the defending championship is proof of that, so I know it's not going to be easy. I think in terms of a game plan, you know, we just have to keep doing what we've been doing. Uh, patient at bats, you know, as James said, their pitcher, whose name is also James, uh, he's a good pitcher. He's not going to walk us. Um, but we just have to make sure defensively we keep talking, uh, keep uh, on the same pace that we are offensively, and I think it should be a great game. Really looking forward to it. Let's transition into talking about Mellis now. We're off to a 3-0 start. It's been a lot of fun playing at Mellis. You know I'm a bit biased because I'm uh, five minutes from there. It's a gorgeous field. It's been great. A 3-0 start. Opening night couldn't have gone better. Um, I think it was one of those late 945 games, but I, I couldn't sleep afterwards just after that offensive outpouring 26-5 mm -hmm. uh, to 5 against Afternoon Delight, who actually just beat Yellowstone on Thursday night. So that was uh, encouraging to see that we totally dominated a team that beat Yellowstone. We know Yellowstone is a strong team. Uh, we took down just one more 18-3, to and then our most recent game was two days ago, because James and I are recording this on Saturday morning. Uh, on Thursday, the uh, 23rd, we beat balls out 18 to 14 
And James, you and I were talking before recording. It wasn't our best played game, but we did squeak it out. What do you think about last Thursday? Yeah, like like we were talking about, you know, I don't think anyone played their best game and definitely as a team, you know, we had some lapses on defense or at the plate, you know, we all kind of did some silly things, but that's what good teams do. Even when, you know, we were not having our A game, we still squeak it out. And I didn't think that was an 0-3 team like we talked about earlier. They could hit, they could play some D. So it was nice to see that we were still able to uh, win that one by four. Yeah, for sure. And I don't really want to admit this on the fly pod, but I, I have been in a scuffle at the plate lately going, I think, including Friday nights at Pioneer Park on NWO. I think I'm over my last 10, but mentally I'm okay. I'm just, the balls aren't falling in or whatever. My swings aren't feeling great. And I didn't feel great at the plate, but the fact that I can go 0 for 3 in a game and we can still score 18 runs and we can still pick each other up is the trademark mark of our team. And, and that helps me uh, in my game and all of our games to know that, hey, I, I don't want to go 0 for 3 or 0 for 4 any night, but we can and we can still win, which is pretty awesome. Coming up for our next game, uh, for Morton Grove, we have Monday off because of Memorial Day, so we're going to be at Grave Diggers on June 3rd, as we talked about, and our next actual game will be May 30th against Saints, and I know the time was switched to 8.45, it got switched back to 9.45 because of some scheduling logistics, but it's all good. If anybody wants to come over and chill Thursday night, May 30th at my place beforehand, that could be something that we do. The Saints, uh, as a preview, they're 0-3. Uh, and I think their run differential is pretty bad. So let's go out. Let's do what we do. Let's get a big lead. Uh, let's have some fun. All right, let's start our player interview with James Merritt. I'm very excited about this part of the fly pod, getting to know James better. Uh, James, you and I somehow ended up playing an epic game of two-on-two basketball when we were like 14 years old. <laughs> we went to Niles West together. But then after that epic game of basketball, I don't think we ever talked afterwards. It wasn't anything out of animosity. I just don't think we... We just never saw each other after that. No, yeah, I think uh, kind of different circles. And then I remember the first time I noticed that you were playing softball. I was like, oh, I think I went to high school. This guy, I remember. And then, you know, quickly we caught up and here we are. Yeah, and it was funny because I was subbing with aggressive softball with Kevin one night and we were playing NWO. And I recognized like Dean Vardajan. But I didn't even recognize you because, uh -huh. you know, you look different than you did in high school, as did I. I mean, I used to have long hair and uh, I, you know, started working out and same thing with you <laughs> except for the long hair. Um, but then Kevin goes, yeah, that's James Merritt over at third base. And I was like, James Merritt. And then I, I saw your face. And I was like, dang, that is James yeah. Merritt. So that was cool to get that get connected back with softball. Uh, and, you know, you've joined the Flies. I've joined NWO and it's been really fun playing with you and learning from you. I did want to share a stat with you all. You can call it the James Merritt effect. You can call it the Tom Lico effect because if you think about the infield flies, we've slowly added some great players along the way. And we added James, Mike Stein, and Tom Lico at the same time. And ever since then, the team has gone 21 and 5, which is a pretty dope stat to think about that three guys, and James, you definitely make a huge difference on the team. So that's pretty cool. But tell us, when did your softball career begin? Uh, the first time I ever played 12 inch, I actually got a phone call from a family friend asking, uh, have you ever played softball and do you want to play tonight in like half an hour? <clears throat> and at the time I never actually played 12 inch. I played a couple 16 inch games and I, uh, went out to pioneer park. <clears throat> started out good. My first at bat, I think I hit a double and then pretty sure I didn't get a hit the rest of the day, <laughs> but I had so much fun just subbing in and, you know, kind of took off from there, you know, started my own team the following summer. And then, oh, that quickly. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like I said, I was, I was hooked right away. Mm -hmm. kind of geared away from 16 inch and then fell in love with 12 inch so 
And for your background, did you, I heard, I think, did you play baseball at West? Yeah. Okay. So Freshman and sophomore year. Okay. And then when it came to junior year, they wanted me to play outfield, and I said that wasn't in my contract. <laughs> yeah. Cardio that was the, the end of uh, the high school baseball. So Nice. So how many, your team NWO, which has played at Mellis and this year at Niles, how long has NWO been together? This is the sixth year. Okay. Uh, we actually started at Prozel. Okay. And I think we went like 1 in 10 or 1 in 11. It wasn't a good start. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just added some guys along the way, got rid of some guys who, you know, weren't as committed to playing competitively and taking it serious enough where we were not getting slaughtered every single week. So this is the sixth or seventh full year of NWO. So nice. So you've been playing about, if I can do math right, about seven or eight years of yeah. football. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So out of those seven or eight years, what's your most memorable season? And then it, we could also say what's your most memorable moment because I mean, seasons are long, but is there something that sticks out to you as like, man, that's why I play softball. Yeah. I think the, the first time as NWO that we took uh, a championship, it was our first full summer in the Malice league. Mm -hmm. We played the previous fall, went about 500, came back that following summer, finished third overall, and then just went on an incredible run and ended up winning uh, the championship, which was nice. And then I think from there, it just built all of our guys' confidence and you know we've been off and running ever since. Uh, in terms of most memorable moment, um, there's a couple. I see uh, one of my most favorite plays was probably our buddy PK. He made a diving catch at Hart Park, actually onto the sidewalk. Okay. Got up, all scraped, bloody. Made the plays <laughs> like I still made it. Um, and then another one was actually Mike Stein referencing last week, our last podcast. He hit a home run against Big Dogs to we overcame a 17 to one lead or a deficit. Um, but those are probably the two that stick out the most to me, for sure. Nice. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know PK, uh, he plays uh, Friday nights in NWO. He's a great guy. He's somebody who I definitely have on the, the sub list for Thursday nights. He has a God-given arm. I mean, the guy, one of my favorite PK moments was when he, we were playing at the small field at Mellis, and he, like, went back on a ball and caught it. He was playing left, and then there was somebody who was, I think we were playing Billy's team draft pick, so Billy, yeah. shout out to you. Uh, if you're listening, uh, and some guy tried to tag up from first to get to second, and PK just gunned him down. I was oh like, yeah, dang, that guy yeah. has a lot of talent. And he's he's unconscious with it. He will mm -hmm. let it go. I always yell at him not to do it, but <laughs> when you have that kind of God-given talent, you have to show it off. And oh, for he sure. shows it off for sure. So yeah, it is a it is a hose for sure. Um, so if I ask this on uh, the fly pod to uh, Kevin and Mike, it, it's a good conversation. If you could have one skill from another fly, what would it be? Um, there's a couple. I mean, we actually we have a lot of guys that do a lot of things well. Um, a couple things I was actually thinking about is uh, Matt, you know, Matt Mastretta, he's new to the flies. His speed, he can fly. He should never, if he hits the ball on the ground, he'll never get thrown out, regardless yeah. where it's hit to. It's deceptive speed. And he, shout out to Matt if you're listening, Matt. He had a heck of a game on Thursday. I think he went four for four. He had a grand slam in the first inning. But, yeah, that speed is super sneaky. Yeah, he can fly. Um, you know, the way Mike Stein can play the field, he judges a ground ball or those little bloopers. First half is unbelievable. Same with Billy in the outfield. Uh, and then Michael Gerb, the way he swings the bat, it's, it's very smooth. It's very fluid. I know he's still learning, but just watching him swing, I wouldn't call him Ken Griffey yet, but <laughs> it's a good swing and it's, it's a work of art. So shout out to you, Gerb. I like it. Yeah, and Gerb, uh, you know, I've always tried to get Gerb to listen to the fly pod and he, I think he's finally on the bandwagon. So I'm Gerb. Literally after this episode, I'm going to text you and say that there have been comparisons to you to Ken Griffey Jr., so you better listen to this episode for sure. I'm really happy with, with Gerb and his progress. You know, he 
Uh, he hit another homer on Thursday night at Mellis, and his swing when he when he makes contact and he's feeling good, he he does have absolutely. a really great swing. Absolutely, it's really nice. All right, now we're going to talk about something that everybody wants to know because we gotta we gotta learn from you. You are the master of bats. Let's talk about your bat collection. Let's start out. How many bats do you have? Uh, right now, the collection is about twenty six. I recently got rid of a couple, which actually pained me to do, but. I was getting a little uh, clustered in my bedroom closet, so some had to go. Um, it's addicting, honestly. It's I look at bats pretty much all day, every day. Mm -hmm. I'm usually texting about it with you know you, Metzger, Kev. Um, oh, hey, did you see this one online? Or should I get this? Or what do you think about this one? And there's just so many you know choices now, and you know whether it's a new paint job or a new brand or new something. You know I'm always looking for stuff, so yeah, it's getting borderline to be a problem for sure yeah we talked earlier because james texted me early i think it was like in april right before the season was gonna start and you were telling me like man i have a problem mm -hmm. this is an addiction i was like man i get it too um and we we joked about coming up with like an incentive plan of like hey you know if every 10 hits you get to like research a bat or you know every 20 hits you get to buy one or something like that but it's definitely something that's addicting i know you've kind of uh, pawned it off on me is, is something uh, uh, I have a little addiction with it. And, you know, we have the new Monster Bat for the mm -hmm. Morton Grove team, which we haven't been able to use it because of the weather. Um, but there's a lot of different brands out there. If you could teach us and, and <coughs> guys about, like, the best brands or your favorite brands or the need-to-know brands, sure. let us know. Sure. I mean, uh, my personal favorite is probably the Easton brand. Uh, it's been around forever. I mean, even when we were little kids, they were still making, yeah. you know, when we were playing t-ball and stuff like that, I swung the Easton Connection you know, the minus three big barrel in high school. Mm -hmm. And that transition to slow pitch. One, they're great bats, but two, they last forever. You can put thousands of swings on these things and they're not gonna break or crack or you're not gonna have any issues. And the nice thing too is, compared to the other top of the line brands, they're not crazy expensive. And at the same time, if you wanna resell it, they hold their value really well and everyone knows it's a good brand. So yeah, it's a big investment to spend, you know, two, 300 bucks on a brand new bat. But swing it for two years, and if you want to find something new, you can find it a buyer usually for 100, 150 bucks. So it's not like it's just completely going to waste, which is nice. Yeah. But to each their own, I would encourage, I mean, like you said, I have 30 bats. I usually have them all with me. So if anyone on the pod, you know, wants to uh, try something out or swing something new, just ask. I mean, you know, I'm always willing to, uh, willing to share. So that's the best way, you know, to find out what's comfortable for you, whether yeah. it's a two piece or one piece. You know, bigger guys usually like to swing the heavier stuff. I like the light, you know, 25 ounce, swing as hard as you can and, you know, watch it fly, but everyone's different, so. Yeah, I feel like that's what you have to do is, is, as you're learning, and I'm in this process now of like, I, I heard all about, and I've always seen, you know, Mike and Freaks, and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, what's so great about those? So I, I just picked one up and then started just trying a couple of bats with it. Cause mm -hmm. me, I'm such a creature of routine that I just love using the Helmer Flex that we have mm -hmm. um, from 2016, but it's getting a little bit used now so mm -hmm. we got to look to maybe finding something different but I always try to give an a bat or a certain bat you know five or ten at bats just to see how it's feeling um, but yeah there's a lot of brands out there um, and when you're talking about the resale value I think that's one thing that's really important you know if you invest in a bat like you said two three hundred dollars you're gonna be able to sell it down the road because there's this whole community and culture of bat reselling and everybody knows what everything's worth so you you're it's not like you're spending um, it's not like your product's going to depreciate so much that you're going to lose a ton of money, which is nice. Right. There's literally, you know, 10 to 20 Facebook pages that I can think of off the top of my head where people are actively posting and commenting. You can't go more than 10 minutes without someone looking to buy something, looking to sell. So, you know, like I said, don't be too, uh, to put too much pressure on it to spend the 300 bucks because even if you don't like it, 
oh, there's a chance I'll take it from you. Or oh, yeah. you can find someone else to buy it. So <laughs> right, you're the bat deposit guy for <laughs> yeah. sure. And so playing in different leagues, you know, we're playing in Morton Grove, uh, we're playing in Mellis. Um, there are different rules for bats. There's different sanctions. Can you talk a little bit about what to expect? And I know as soon as I bought the monster bat, you're like, don't use any of the, and I forgot what pressure balls it was, because mm -hmm. balls have different types of pressure. And I was like, oh snap, I didn't even know that. I could have broken the bat just because of ignorance. So talk about the different sh sanctions uh, for the bats that exist. Yeah, so at Malice, uh, if you'll notice, I always usually go out there just to take a quick look at the ball. There's two sets of numbers usually on the ball, or they're supposed to be at least. Uh, the, the balls at Malice are 44, 375. So those mm -hmm. balls are actually harder. Mm -hmm. It's a harder core. Um, I'm not sure the exact science of it. But those are meant for the, the U-trip bats, so um, like the highlighter, the black helmet that you always swing, mm -hmm. things like that. So for those harder balls, you need a harder bat, obviously. If you swing an ASA bat, yeah, you're going to hit the ball 700 feet, but your bat is not going to last. It'll crack and web and stuff like that. When we're playing at Morton Grove or Niles, or I believe Prozel uses the 52-300 ball, mm -hmm. that's when you want to bring out your ASA bat like the Monster. And, you know, those softer bats... If you swing the harder bat with those soft balls, it's really not going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. The bat, it's essentially like a tennis ball. It will wrap around the bat. It's not going to get that same pop. So just always check the ball. Usually the ump will give it to you or just ask me, and I usually know. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I know it's there's so many sta uh, sanctions and stamps and balls now. It's hard to tell, but those are usually the two main two. Yeah, the two main. And when James says U-trip, it took me a while to figure this out, but it's for U and it's for triple S, U-S-S-S-A. And I have no idea what it stands for, but something like United Sauce Balls, something. Yeah, sanctions, slow pitch, yeah. something like that. But those are the two main ones, ASA and U-Trip. Um, and I cannot wait. Hopefully June 3rd, it's, it will be beautiful, 85 degrees, and we'll bust out that monster DNA mutiny that we have, the new yellow bat, because that thing is just it's sitting in my basement just mm -hmm. wanting to be swung. I'm surprised it hasn't started the house on fire, because yeah, that bat is it's, hot. It's fire, man. That monster brand is the hottest bat company right now for those 52 300 balls so yeah we're gonna be hitting some lasers with it for yeah. sure harpool will be real <laughs> yes yeah. they're gonna have to retrieve the balls from there. <laughs> awesome uh yeah so if you have any questions about bets just let james know i know anytime i have a question um i just shoot it shoot him a text usually i know i'm in search of a helmer i would say a vacadoo because i have the worst habit of like it was in some vine like fresh avocado but it's an <laughs> avocado i have to watch myself on that so i need a helmer avocado and i know you have one so that's mm -hmm. the one i'm kind of looking for and it's the 2017 version of the black uh bat that we have as a team so i'm on the search for that all right let's transition to flyby this was a great segment that we did with kevin and mike uh on episode three and it ended up being not really a flyby because we ended up talking about uh, the topics more in depth, but that's okay. I think it's a great conversation piece. Um, and we'll start with the first one, day or night game? Uh, night game for sure. You're under the lights. There's usually more people in the crowd. It's not as hot and you don't have to worry about the sun, you know, beating down on you or being directly in your eyes. So it's usually ideal conditions. And like I said, you know, it's always fun to play in front of 20 people versus nobody. And yeah. You know, have something to something to uh, something to prove out there. So night game for sure. And speaking of fans, I just gotta give a shout out to our fans who are out there because there are a lot of people. I don't know if you all know this. There are a lot of people who listen to the Flypod who actually aren't players on our team. Uh, I've been emailing out the Flypod to many parents and many uh, family friends, and it's been really cool to have your support. So just know uh, one thing I love about the Flies: it is a family-like atmosphere in the sense that. I always see, James, your parents are there quite a bit. My parents came out to a game, which one was it? Yeah, on uh, May 13th. I really appreciate them being there. But it's always awesome to see the Steins there, the Stoyanovs get out there too. It's just really cool to have that 
camaraderie and that support. How about Netflix or Hulu? Uh, if you would have asked me this two weeks ago, I would have been Team Netflix. I'm actually new to the Hulu game, okay. um, but I think I'm going to be a Team Hulu guy going forward for sure. All right. Any picks out there that the FlyPod listeners should be aware of that you have to share with them? Um, there's a couple good shows. I'm actually rewatching Sons of Anarchy. If no one's seen that show, waste two weeks of your life watching it. <laughs> it's definitely worth it. I'm not a huge movie guy, but in terms of TV shows... That's definitely something. Even if you've seen it, it's definitely worth a rewatch. Cool. All right, so this next question. So I know you're big into wrestling. And my my extent of wrestling is I love WWF back in like 1998. So uh-huh. my question for you is Steve Austin or The Rock? Tough choices. Um, I definitely think, you know, when we were little, everyone wanted to be Stone Cold. He was mm-hmm. usually, even though he was the bad guy, he was the guy everyone cheered for. And Especially when we were younger, The Rock kind of played, you know, the heel or the villain role. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely a Stone Cold guy. Plus, I think, you know, who doesn't want to beat people up and then drink beer and tell everyone, <laughs> you know, F off. So that's a good attitude, I think, in life kind of to have. So I'm definitely a Stone Cold guy for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I know, you know, you're an NWO guy too. So were you more into the WCW stuff as well? Actually, no. It all started kind of as, as a joke when, uh, when Call of Duty first got popular and everyone had their little clan tags. I was watching a commercial and I looked under my TV and I saw an uh, NWO DVD. Mm. So we changed our clan tag to the NWO and then it kind of just it stuck. took off from there. When we first started playing softball under NWO, I would bring a boombox and we would walk out to the theme song. <laughs> nice. And people would, yeah, not take too kindly to oh, that. Yeah. So I'm sure they love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, that's cool. I didn't know that. A little just by, ha- by chance, you know, you, you come up with a name that sticks forever. That's mm-hmm. cool. All right, so this is an interesting one. I, I think I know the answer. The question is hit or pitch. I know you love to hit, but I know mm-hmm. pitching is something that you enjoy as well. So what is what is your choice there? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm still learning how to pitch, but, you know, I'm definitely falling in love with it. I feel like I can kind of control the game, slow it down, speed it up, uh, and just have a more impact defensively, especially, you know, get guys in the right position. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm shifting everyone to the left, try and throw it inside, or I can kind of judge... You know, where a hitter's standing on the plate, you know, if he's right on top of it, he's probably pulling the ball. If he's off, he's probably going to the right side. So just things like that. Um, But at the same time, I do love to hit whether, you know, it's time to hit a home run or just try and poke one through the infield. I mean, I think that's why all of us play, just to get up there, grip it and rip it. So To get our bats. And when you talk about, you know, hitting a homer or, you know, getting one through the infield, I think that's one growth area we have for our Mellis team is an adjustment. It's still something I'm learning. When we're out of home runs, it completely changes the at-bat and the approach. And so that's something that we're going to have to grow because at horror, we can just, like you said, grip it and rip it whenever we want. But it's something that we're going to have to learn how to do is adjust our game and really become singles hitters, gaps, shooting the gaps uh, when uh, when we're out of home runs. Absolutely. And going back to what we talked about before, you know, at at Mouse, we are using those harder balls and those harder bats. So you do have to have a little bit of bat control. You know, you you don't want to waste those home runs Mm -hmm. on a solo shot or two-run home run. I mean, yeah, it's going to happen, but... At the same time, you don't want to hit a solo shot the first pitch of the game. Do oh, a yeah. bat flip and act like, you know, you're Barry Bonds. So, but like you said, we're still learning, and everyone's still pretty new to Malice. So, so far, you know, so far so good. We'll figure it out kind of as we go. Yeah, definitely. All right, I'm excited to hear what you say for this one, and it's a three prong answer: Malice or Horror or Pioneer Park. Well, we can definitely cross off Pioneer. Just of because <laughs> a marshland. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I actually. Got, so we got the email yesterday that the game was canceled, and I went to the field to mm-hmm. see for myself. I took a video and I put it on Facebook. I don't think that anyone's been working on these fields, so we'll just go ahead and cross that one off. Um, between Malice and Har, it's two different 
uh, leagues, I guess, you know, hard, there's no home run fence. But, you know, the nice thing is, like you said, we can just swing away and, you know, it's kind of a pissing contest who could hit the ball the farthest in yeah. time. So that's always fun. But I'm a big Malice guy. The turf and field is nice. Um, you know, they take care of it. And the nice thing is you don't have to chase every foul ball or ball in the parking lot. They have, you know, 10 ready to go. So I'd probably have to go Malice for sure. Nice. All right. It's Saturday tur- currently. The question is Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, I'm a big Saturday guy. Nice. You know, kind of wake up early, get after it, whether it's playing tournament softball or if you want to play golf. Uh, Sunday, I feel, is more day for relaxing or doing stuff you need to do around the house. But, yeah, as long as the weather's nice, you know, I'm a big Saturday guy. Awesome. All right, last one for the flyby is rock or rap. I know you like rap, but I don't I'll see what you say. Yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty big rap guy. Uh, rap and then actually country would probably be my second oh, choice. Nice. I didn't know you were a country guy. Yeah, that's something I'm... I think now that I'm older, you know, <laughs> more mature. <laughs> yeah, more space. mature. Not, you know, no more uh, earrings with a sideways hat and blasting music <laughs> 24-7. So rap and country would probably be my go-to. Rock, yeah, not so much. Yeah. Country's actually growing on me, too. I feel like I'm, I'm open to all types of music except opera. Literally, that's the only one that I yeah. just don't enjoy listening to. Um, but country's growing on me, and I have a country playlist. So one time during BP, we'll have to bust it out, and I know we'll probably... Offend some people out there, but you know, you can deal for a couple at bats. Yeah, and for anyone looking for something to do over the summer, if you're not a big country guy, just get out to a country show and uh, you know, kind of feel the vibe, and it's a good time. So, I know I like if you would ask me this a couple years ago, I said country, no way, but after going to a couple shows, it's uh, it kind of grows on you, like you said, for sure. Well, James, I want to thank you for being on the fly pod. I think your insight about the bats is invaluable, it's great getting to know you. You're a big part of this team, both Mondays and Thursdays, so thanks for being here. Any last words for the FlyPod Nation out there? Oh, yeah, just, uh, you know, let's keep, let's keep this hot start going and, uh, you know, pick each other up. I do like that, you know, we're all playing as a team. No one's really getting on each other, so let's keep that going, and uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Looking ahead, our next game is going to be next Thursday because we have Monday off from Memorial Day. That will be May 30th against the Saints, and that game time got moved to 945. Uh, back from 845. It's a long story, but long story short, we're playing at 945. Uh, and then our next Monday game, as we talked about, is June 3rd against Gravediggers, 6.30 p.m. You know, that's actually my last day of school, my last day of work. So, you know, I'm not going to be able to focus at work at all, so I'm going to come straight home, change, get to the ballpark, maybe even at 4.30 and just sit there and wait because it's going to be a an awesome game. We had a great episode today. We talked about our Morton Grove season. We talked about our Mellis season, our hot 6-0 start. We're going to keep up. We had a player interview with James, uh, which was really great. And future episodes, I showed James before the episode, I kind of have like a 10-episode plan, but I'm only going to share with you my next two ideas. Episode 5, I'm going to try to get Carlos McDougal on the fly pod, get to know him better, and have to him uh, share with you his softball experience. And then episode 6, I was planning on doing kind of a mini Uh, book review. You know I love books and I love the mental game of baseball and softball. So there's a book called The Mental Game of Baseball that I've learned a lot from the mental side of it that I want to share with you all. I want to thank you all for listening and let me know what you think on the Facebook page and go Flies. Illustrate the paper space off the pants that paint Then design what happened National Geographic The magic with tailor-made status and plus flavor that's automatic. Uh.